Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. Fired up. (laughs) Fired up. That just makes me think of Neo's like little car toy. Uh Yeah. Yeah. He gets so frustrated at it. Like he's, he's just figuring out how to move it forward. It's just this little car that he can move forward with his legs, but he does. And sometimes he'll bump into something. And I mean, he's like, "Ah!" and he like starts to hit the wheel and he gets, it's amazing to see that. Like, you know, that's, that's how he his really true way to express emotion and it's very unregulated and raw and it's like this like frustration and I try to name it for him it's it's really it's it's amazing to see what do you say to him I just say yeah that's I I just name it I'm like that's frustration Neo like that's hard to feel that just kind of put help him put words to it what a sweet thing that you do for him. I think that so many people would say it's okay or don't feel that way or calm down or whatever. It doesn't help you, you know, because I was thinking when you said the word unregulated, I'm like, you know, it is and it isn't like he's learning the regulation of it. So right. it's like, you know, he might have that initial response and then he tries again and then maybe he learned something in the process of trying. So then he has like frustration that shows up at a different moment or in a little bit of a lesser way. And then eventually he's either going to say, I'm moving on. Some people might call that giving up. Some people might say like he's walking away, he's taking a pause or he'll like, you know, master the thing. And it's like, you know, really giving space for the frustration to work itself through. And I think naming it is helpful because he's learning like, yeah, that's really frustrating. Like that, that didn't work. It's hard. It sucks. Yeah. And that's where we start with things, right? We learn about them. We put language to it. And when we have the right language, we can then express ourselves. And then as we can express ourselves, then we begin to process that emotion. I get so impatient with him. I feel like him and I have similar amounts of intensity. And I just have this really short threshold, like this low threshold for his intensity sometimes, especially if I'm tired or things like that. And I just want, I just so hope that I make enough space for him and navigate that like, you know, he's not the only person in the room. This house ain't big for the both of us, Neo. <laughs> Meanwhile, you, you know, you're over there being silenced. I'm like, shut up. It's my opinion. It's my opinion. Shut up. <laughs> well, it'll be fun when there's two of you telling me to do that. So oh my gosh. Uh, it's just more training for me on, you know, finding my voice. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Cool. All With the no journey. help from the rest. No of help. Us. No help. You've so, supported us in so many ways and we no. do not support you. No, listen, the ways in which I have just been through a journey and I and I really feel like I, I am really beginning to fully come out on the other side of it. And I don't mean to say that in that it's it's all finished because self-work and growth and that kind of stuff is never done. But the way in which you have challenged me, I think, has been so important. And the way in which you have held me accountable. And I think for many years in our relationship, I truly struggled with that. I truly did. And I learned ways to cope, but they weren't necessarily healthy. It can take me a long time to truly have a behavioral change. But 100%. You know, you know we, we joke about, we joke about like what you and Neo or you, you know, dominating the conversation or, or whatnot. But 
that has pushed me and I, and I'll I'll try to be succinct here because there's so much it's so deep but like that has pushed me to continue to find my voice and continue to find my power I guess I'll say in this and it's a different power than yours it's not only find my voice but find respect and find understanding and find love for the way in which you want me to be my best self you know, you want me to be my best self. I think oftentimes men can be very testy, let's call it, or sensitive around being tested, especially by women, especially by their partners. We test stuff all the time, like before you get on a ladder, you know, like you would test it to make sure it works, to make sure it's going to hold you, to make sure it's going to be there for you and support you as you climb up. And that's a learning and an understanding that I have been able to truly deepen in in my life. And I just I mean, I just can't thank you enough so much for the consistency in which you continued to hold me accountable, to push me to find my voice and do it in a way that I was uncomfortable with. You know, you didn't just completely shift it all to be like, oh, let me make sure that your comfort is prioritized here. And, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to work on it like that. Cause I asked for that. I would like beg for that all the time and I would kick and scream and fuss metaphorically and real, you know, and also in reality about like, I don't like it when you do that, that hurts, that's hard. And yet at the same time, you just kept and, you know, you tweak here and there and you would be more sensitive and, and just the way in which you've done that has just been incredible. And I can't thank you enough. It sounded like you were saying that I've done a good job of adjusting and creating space while meanwhile, you've done a really good job of continuing to seek out places of power within you that allow you to be the best version of yourself, which is also about standing up for yourself, loving yourself, being there for yourself, etc. Right? Right. Yeah. So you're telling me that I'm doing a good job. Genuinely. Genuinely, you're doing a And do you job. think it's your changing or mine? It spawns from a commitment by both of us to continually cultivate a deeper understanding of each other and where each other is coming from and truly know ourselves and truly know the other person. Because I think what that does is that provides the grace and perspective necessary to not only truly hear what that person is saying, but to also adjust your delivery in a way that is both authentic to who you are and meets the other person where they're at. And that is a really complex thing to do. That's not easy. And that only comes with what I just said, with a deep, deep knowing and understanding of that person. So can I tell you about a recent experience that I had? Yes, please. Okay. So I have talked with a lot of people about this. So I'm raised by a Puerto Rican and I'm raised by a woman who's got roots, like European white roots. And... I'm sure we've talked about on the podcast, but I had a really great conversation with a couple of women once about how, you know, when I moved to North Carolina, I just felt like at every turn I was misunderstood. And I've heard my dad talk about this. Nobody understands like this is just who I am. There's just it's just cultural in me to be forthcoming, to be loud, to be somewhat dominant, these characteristics to talk over people, to talk fast, etc. And when we would get together with my family, my Puerto Rican family, 
It was like a beautiful chaos. It's the, it's the way that you think about Italian families or any other large family where everybody's sort of talking and having a good time together. And, you know, woven into that, sometimes people are like, you know, shut up or no way or like get pissed off and walk away. There's like a lot of passion and fire and intensity, right? But like, it was always a coming together around that. And then there have been some pretty big ruptures in that family structure where like the anger took such strong hold that it really cut deep with people. I've experienced my dad kind of in both ways, like the fun, fire, fast, you know, explosive in a good way, passionate side of him. That's like, we laugh and we move quickly. And I've also experienced the pain of having like too much of that and, and too intense and too dominant. And so I imagine that that's what people have of me. But like I came to North Carolina and especially Asheville and I was like, there's literally nobody like me. And I just started to really internalize that there was something wrong with me and like think, okay, I'm too bossy. I'm too loud. I'm too opinionated. I'm too outspoken. And then I started thinking it's been this process, right? Then I started thinking like, well, what about that is cultural and trauma-based and what about that is cultural and isn't effective in my relationships. And then I had to think about how that didn't work in our relationship, right? Because you're coming from potentially like almost entirely the other side. The int- yeah. yeah, right. The introspective, the listener, the agree, the person who's agreeable that like unity and har- equals harmony. And, you know, in a lot of the teachings that we read and, th- and this may be a little bit of a repeat from a previous podcast or two, but it's so relevant for me right now because there's a new layer that's unfolded. So basically I came to accept that it's a a little bit of both and that there was a lot more for me to learn about stepping back than in about accepting just being like, this is who I am. And that's it. That's it. This is who I am. Like, even as I say that I can hear each one of my family members having said that at one point, but this is who I am. Okay. What are you going to do? Like, right? Mm -hmm. And I've said it too. So I backed away and then we watched fucking JLo movie. (laughs) We just watched the halftime doc, the documentary halftime with JLo. And I literally, like I could cry. Like, like I look this strong Latin woman who is so unapologetic. She rules, you know, and she's criticized and made fun of. But she just like, you know, she's on set. She's made herself the boss, right? She's the superstar. She's the one in charge. She's paying the people. Like the people wouldn't be there without her. Not only does she stand up for what she believes in, she's got extreme tenacity. She doesn't let a lot of people push her over. She has love in her heart. I mean, I resonate with all of that. And I just don't have the fucking stardom behind me. People in my life, like old friends and colleagues and stuff who are like, you're nothing. Like, you can't just own shit. You're nothing. And it's just like, I think the most important thing for me is how how it's not worked in our relationship because that's the most important thing in my life is for this relationship to work. And how we've navigated through you accepting parts of me for who I am. And I think you've done a great job of that. But I watched her and I just felt anger and sadness. Mm. Say more about that. I mean, that that she is like, like, that is who I am. Yeah. And she is that. And nobody like people make fun of her from the outside. But nobody is. None of those people are clapping back when she says, no, this is how we're going to do it, because this is what really matters. And this is the vision that I have. And I know this to be true. And just like a strong woman that says, I know this to be true. And I'm not going to second guess myself. 
and that so much of this was related back to where she comes from, who she is, being a Puerto Rican, being a Latina, that that type of passion is, she came by it rightly, you know, honestly. Mm. That just makes me feel so much love and empathy for you, like sharing that, just... I mean, if we were to live somewhere else, this might not be a question. Right. And I, you know, I think what's coming up for me too, just very strongly is. That you need to move with me because we're done living (laughs) in this quiet ass South, nice motherfuckers. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done being nice. (laughs) Nothing is changing. I'm done being nice. I love the the ownership of it all, the authenticity of it all. That's like this beautiful web between being who you are and owning that and also loving someone who's different and being able to exist within that. That is fascinating to me. It is one of the things, in my opinion, that defines the human experience. It defines creating relationships in our lives. The ability to own who you are as you're talking about in such a powerful way and let others own who they are okay and at the same time be in relationship you know and we've been talking about like the decentralization of the white experience a lot in the in in podcasts recently in podcasts we've recorded and it's like that's what i feel like i've had to compromise and so I think that the bottom line of all this is that the teachings of compassion, of mindfulness, of slowing down, of being aware of the trauma that lives inside your body. So like the trauma that comes through a lot of the dominance and aggression and fire of the Latin experience that has been in my family in particular, that the value of compassion and loving kindness and just like can see the edges of where like some of the behaviors that I've had and that I, that have been passed down through my family are just lacking in all of that. Like it's been hard for me to differentiate it out and I can't always put my finger on what I'm trying to hold on to and just love about myself and be accepted but I am really tired of putting my fire out for the sake of really honestly this like sweet southern culture that we live in yeah I mean and you mentioned a a couple things there that I think are super important and right you only grow when you hit your edge Um, if you stay in your comfort zone you're not growing and so I think you know and one of the things that I think it's really interesting that you mentioned is kind of the dualism between what you're describing as a very culturally fiery, passionate self that is your authentic self and a growth edge around mindfulness, quietness, almost kind of that like spiritual aspect. Throw out the like nice Southern thing for a second, but like those two things and the way I hear what you're saying is this desire to hold on and never lose who you truly are at your core, but also push your edges and expand so that actually that core strengthens and you experience expansiveness in your life and in your relationships and in your heart. Do you, do you, there's something about that that pisses me off. Okay. Yeah. No, say more, please. <sighs> I think it's the pressure to change. It's like always this emphasis on change. And I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've said to family, like, it's 
impact over intent. And what that means very specifically is you have an impact on people. It is not what you meant to do that matters. It's literally what they experienced. What was their experience? Like if they get hurt, you can say in your to yourself, like, wow, I didn't mean to, but I recognize that regardless of my intention, that hurt them. And like what I don't want to do is dominate and bowl people over. If I'm the common denominator with enough people who say like, I get teased a lot by my friends for being really kind of the boss, right? And it's like, if I'm the common denominator in that, then there's something there for me to look at. And also the people who are saying that are not Latinas. Like the, the, my Latina friends aren't saying that to me. Thank you, Neo. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Did you know that the Reading Aloud podcast has a Patreon account? That's right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become a part of our Reading Aloud family, and we love our family members. At its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that will support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships and build community through conversation. Every week, we receive meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported someone through a challenging time, and now we need your support to keep that going. Your Patreon commitment not only provides you with curated, fun, and interactive bonus content, it helps us cover the many costs of producing a podcast. Check out our Patreon link in the show notes and see which level you can commit to. And know that we thank you so much for both your listening support as well as your financial support. Now let's get back to today's conversation. I think there's this, yeah. Well, I mean, you started there with like, a pushback on me, which I appreciate of like this emphasis on change. Always. And, and. But um, I hesitate because I've asked other people to change before. Like I've asked you to change. I've asked you to change specifically things that are very cultural to you. Yeah. Passivity. Yeah. And that's my work. Like the way I see it is it is part of your job to push me to change to push me to grow. As my partner, that is part of like what I want from you because I trust you and you also know me more than anyone else. You know, you know me at a deep deep level, so you know more than sometimes even I do where my areas of growth can be. And so I I want that from you. It is on me in many ways to authentically hold on to who I am. So I have consistently tried to approach this, and I'm just speaking for myself here, and and maybe this rings true for you. Maybe it doesn't, and that's okay. But like for me, I've tried to approach our situation like I want you to push me to grow, and I want me to be able to grow in a way that still maintains my authenticity as who I am and what makes me feel whole and good inside my heart. Okay, so when you watched the J-Lo movie, and I'm looking at you, and I'm saying, mm-hmm, 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 there's just these particular moments where like, I felt resonance, and I'm like, that, and she even said, this is who I am, right? Like, I can't compromise these parts of me. Yeah. 
I felt pushed back in the way, way back machine. I was kind of like, am I back at that place where I'm just like tired of being like tired of trying to be somebody else? And I'm curious what you experienced in that moment when I looked at you, if anything. And when I looked at I you, I felt so proud to be your partner. I mean, I'm serious. I've, I, I knew that I, I knew when we were watching that movie and there were those moments, I knew that that was impactful for you. I wasn't, of course, we weren't talking about it in the moment. I wasn't in your body experiencing it. But, like, I had a sense that that was just so powerful. And it, it made me proud. And I'm, I'm not bullshitting there. Like, I'm really not. Like, it made me proud to be your partner, to be with somebody who I knew also felt connected to what she was saying on the screen. Does that change the way that you feel like you are telling me like what you ask me to change about me? I guess the way I look at it, like change is a hard word there. For me, it's more about like, like I think I said this, even these words at the beginning of this conversation, like I, I'm not saying change, it's like adjust. And it's like um, adjust to be able to both authentically show up as who you are and also meet that other person where they're at so that you can move something forward, so that you can move a conversation forward. So and that then you can this move is where I get forward. upset again. I just can't stop coming back to this. Well, I mean, is, am I unwilling to compromise? Is it that I just feel like, you know, I mean, basically what she talked about. I mean, so can't it be we, a both and? Right, maybe. Can't it but be a both she and? Saw, so she basically the, the world saw her as a successful woman and basically thought she was so great She that she thought she was so great and so this, so that. And then all these people started to make fun of her. And like everybody in the public eye gets some gets ridicule, right? But like hers was particularly like uh, mocking her tone of voice, the way she dressed, like all these things that are very specific to being a Latina. And she, she basically said like in a world where Latin women were very rarely at the forefront of like the music industry, the movie industry, etc., that she just kept showing up and, and trying. And then she gets to this pinnacle for her of being able to play the NFL halftime show, the Super Bowl halftime show. And, you know, they they decide that, you know, her alone isn't enough. They've got to split it with Shakira and like, et cetera. Right. And so then she's talking about making it to this place and how is she going to keep her dignity and values in line and just continue to be who she is, despite the fact that there's like not as much value because they made her split with somebody else. And also a lot of pushback around some of the ideas that she had for her show. And then on top of that, basically nobody remembers shit about that show. They don't remember the kids in cages. They don't remember uh, the amazing singing. They don't remember like the history of her life and in her music career that got displayed. They just think about what she wore. And being sexy is sometimes also part of the Latina culture. And it's just like, I mean, you're not chiming in here. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering what, what I'm missing here. Well, I think that I feel so much everything that you just shared. And it's hard for me to navigate right now because we're both having a conversation about our relationship and the way that we interact which is very unique and also the bigger reverberations that impact that conversation which are cultural and embodied Racial. by this thing 
and it's this situation that I, honestly has been on my mind a lot lately, which is like, how do you both hold all of that, all of that truth, fucking truth that you are speaking, and also navigate our communication and our relationship and can both be done? Because I am not, it is not my intent, and I apologize if it is my impact, asking you to apologize in any way for who you are. I do not need you to apologize for who you are. I am also at the same time asking you to, in our conversation, kind of meet, not even like meet in the middle. I, I want you to be your authentic self, and I was congratulating you for that and praising you for that at the beginning, but, you know, and also praising you for the way that you've been able to push me in maintaining that and respect who I am. And hold respect for where I'm coming from. You know, it's such a it's such a funny place because I, you know, a couple of times I've come back to this statement of like, I, I just am who I am, which was a statement that J-Lo made. And it felt really good to hear it like the, that unapologetic. I am who I am. And then I just I just like I don't want to be I don't want to be the same as the people I came from because I don't think that it's worked for their relationships to thrive. You know, there's good examples that I'm not going to get into right now, but there's really good examples of how relationships have been ruptured because of this, this sticking your feet in the sand and saying like, I'm, I'm immovable. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to come to your side and, and be understanding. I hear you. And I think that that's what makes you wise and centered in Again, I, I don't know how to say it, and maybe I'm saying it wrong and just don't have the language, but like I keep coming back to this image or picture of like being authentically who you are and also expanding and growing at the same time. Never losing who you are, never apologizing I just, I for who you I are, just wanna, and also growing. Yeah, I think I just want to talk more at another time about what that looks like in practice. The last thing I want to say before we wrap up is that I have a lot of... Fr- are you okay? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Good. I have a lot of friends who, I mean, I have like a number of friends who talk to me about their relationships with their spouses and they talk about how their spouses are, their male spouses. And I just almost always resonate with them. I almost always am like, and I said the other day to a girlfriend and she was talking about how her husband comes home from work and he's kind of still got work on his brain. And he almost like at times talks to her from that like leadership workplace space uh, type of type of, and I just, I just told her straight out. I was like, I do that. I do that. And if uh, I, it sounds terrible, your experience sounds really difficult and I can totally relate to that. It was just in a moment of acknowledgement. It wasn't to justify for him that behavior or anything like that. It was just a moment of acknowledgement of like how easy it is to get to that place. And I feel that, and I often get compared to the masculine side of a relationship and she just, you know, she pulled me back and she was like, I love your self-awareness. It's one of the things I love the most about you. But you know, there's like a whole other part of this is like the masculine in me that of that also gets looked at as like, you know, how a strong woman gets minimized right. in, this, exactly. in this world. So. Like, like that's not your place to be a be, leader. Be yeah. yeah, exactly. Be, be the boss, be yeah, a leader. Right. Otherwise you're bossy. You're right. bossy. Right. What I hear in that is you're hearing from some of your girlfriends sometimes the impact oh, yeah. that those behaviors can have yep. and you're seeing it through that lens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, our relationship is definitely better by listening to them talk about their husbands being, being not as nice. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay.
Thanks, babe. uh, Yeah, thank you for an amazing conversation. I love you. Love you too. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.